Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful testimonies, fellowship, but more so for your awesome presence tonight. Mm. We want to bless your mighty name because you are the Lord God Almighty. You know the future more than we do. And even when you brought me here, I had no idea I would hear what I've just heard. Thank you for being God. Speak to us, Lord. Mm. Speak like a father that you may listen. Speak in your gentle voice that we may understand. Open our hearts, Lord, because we want to see Jesus tonight. Help us to draw closer to him because we seek to touch the hem of his garment. We bless you for granting us the privilege, particularly me, to hear what I've just heard. I bless and I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Beloved, I come from Uganda and listening to Dick and Jen. Jen, is it? I find this is just something of God because I did not know this story until I was being driven here by my very good friend Jim telling me the story about Dick and his daughter Charlene. I did not understand why God gave me this scripture as I was seeking his face last night. He gave me this scripture and I said, I I don't understand. Give me a sign. And you are my sign. You are my sign because being a Ugandan, listening to what you are doing by by the love of God in you, my heart was broken. I felt lifted up, and I agree with you, Bishop Harold, this is a holy ground. I agree with the fact that when God is doing something, may you open our eyes to understand. The story of this young lady who wanted to be a mother of many is already answered, and will be even answered more. I work with a lady who is an Austrian, she's 78, only got married for six years, never had a baby. She had wanted children. But in 19 years, as we worked together with her, she has got 12,000 Ugandan children who call her Mama Maria. Mama Maria. She's raised them up. She's educated them from nursery up to the university. And so what you have done to my people in Uganda, only God can say thank you to you. But I want to join the chorus in heaven to say, you are our partners, you are your mate, you are part of us. I really want to thank you. And I know that worldwide missionary convention to me is very new. I kept bothering the organizers to tell me, what is the theme of worldwide convention? And they wouldn't tell me very much. And I kept on asking, what is it you're going to be doing? Because this is a first time for me. And they wouldn't tell me anything. They told me very, very little. <laughs> so I was getting very frantic about everything and uh, being very Anglican. 
we want to organize ourselves and get ready for everything very early. And God will not have me do that. But coming to this particular part of Ireland and listening to the story of the young girl and that fields of life also started here. I know fields of life. I know about fields of life. I have been a beneficiary of what they have done in my previous diocese before I became the Archbishop. I know of their commitment to opening the eyes of my people in Uganda. I know how much they have spent in our country and they still continue to spend. I just want to say thank you and thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's not today that I should say the Irish have meant so much to me. Harold and Lees in 1980 were in St. John's, Nottingham, where my wife, family and I were, and we came to know them. They were in the faculty, they were teachers, they were, they were lecturing. He didn't lecture me, but he was a great friend. Liz was a great friend to my wife to date. And I have some Irish people who are seated here who have been part of my life ever since I was a young boy. The one who trained me to be a teacher is from here. And the one who taught me English is also from here. The one who was my best man is also from Ireland. And the matron of my wife, also from Ireland. So I don't understand the thinking of God because now I can look back and I say, God, you are incredible. You are amazing. The mission that I see you walk in does now need to be repeated. You're already on. And I want to bless God on the theme I want to touch tonight. That let Jesus lead us into mission. His own mission and how he does it. And he does it so well that he role models it for us to follow. The readings that we have just got is so beautiful. It's something that should be for the future. Thank God we have got the secret and we can unlock it now. We are looking at the time when someday the Son of Man will come in glory, will come on a throne, will come as a, as a judge, and will get the multitudes and split them into two. His right hand, his left hand, they will be before him and there will be no way anybody is going to run away because you can't. But here we are being reminded about the mission to humanity role model by Jesus Christ. And there is already a story going on here and I praise God. I still feel very, very touched by the Spirit of God to think that we can dovetail and synchronize with Dick and his wife, the great story of Jesus helping us to understand his heart and his heartbeat for humanity. The Lord loves people. The Lord loves the world. The Lord loves every color, every size. The Lord loves his people that he has created in his image. And we are looking at three blocks of people. I want to treat them. And I want us to look at some of the things that concerns our God. He was involved in it in Christ. We too need to get involved in it today. The Lord Jesus Christ is concerned about the hungry and the thirsty. Food and water are basic human needs. You and I face the same problem. Other, other people, it's even worse. We are all familiar with hunger and we are familiar with thirst. 
but it sometimes goes beyond normal requirement when you know that in some parts of the world you have famines. Ethiopia is a story that we know. Somalia right now is a story that we know. People who cannot find anything to eat. Sudan, southern Sudan, is going through this great need or shortage of food as we know it. But also, in many parts of the world, there are families that can only afford a meal a day or not at all for two days. And they're struggling and they want to live. But I believe very strongly, just much as you do, that there is enough food in this world for everybody. We are only about over seven billion people and we are producing enough for everybody. But the question is, why do some people have more and others have very little? In the Western world, we know America, for instance, and some other parts of the Western world. Perhaps saying the Lord's Prayer is a little bit difficult for them when they say, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. You have a lot in the freezer. You have a lot in the fridge. I mean, that prayer doesn't make a lot of sense. But for most people, give us today our daily bread is prayed wholeheartedly because they just do not know when Breakfast will come tomorrow, let alone lunch and supper. Why is it that with all the food we have in the world, some people are starving and they're dying, others are getting bigger and fatter every day? Well, you'll understand that in the human nature, there's a problem. You do know, you do know, thank you, Dick and Jan, that you are dealing with the water issues in this particular place in Uganda. For many of you will come to Uganda, you'll find Uganda is a well-watered country. We have five lakes, we have the river Nile starting from Uganda, flowing up to Egypt. We have a lot of water. But much of our water sources are not clean. People drink to die. Waterborne diseases like cholera and typhoid and the rest that go with them are very common. Children are dying, adults are dying, so that even if there is water, it is not clean. And so for us to have a borehole sunk in a place, that's a source of clean, good water that can save many families from diseases and expenditure in getting medicine for waterborne diseases. And I want to say thank you again, thank you that you thought about a school and you thought about a borehole in a given place. But hunger is not only physical. Hunger goes beyond the physical need of the stomach. There are deeper hungers that the world over, many, many are struggling with need to receive what they need for their own spiritual nourishment. You realize that many people are eating what they are not supposed to eat because they want to satisfy a deep hunger in them. There are people who are going for satisfying adventures which never ever satisfies. I come from a town, I come from a town which is very small, but I function in the city of Kampala, which is very big. I've rubbed shoulders with the high and the mighty of my nation, including the president. I've seen very wealthy, dissatisfied people. You would have thought they should be fine because they have all the money, they have all the big houses, they have all the cars, they're moving and doing very well, they look nice, but inside, deep down, they are not satisfied. There is a hunger. 
No wonder when Jesus Christ speaks and John records in chapter 6 and verse 35, let me just quickly read this, he pinpoints the need of mankind and he is the only one who can meet it for us. In verse 35, Jesus Christ says these words. I beg your pardon, 635. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never thirst. I am the bread of life. Now this comes after he had multiplied food to 5,000 people, they ate, they left. Now that was not really the big need. The big need was deeper. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. So he's dealing with the hunger of humanity and he's dealing with the thirst of humanity. And for us, we know what it is as believers. We understand what it is to know, to walk, and to relate with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the question is, now this is where mission comes in, who will take Jesus to a hungry world, to a thirsty world, <laughs> to a desperate world, to a needy world? Isn't it you and me to whom now the mandate is given? People are looking around for somebody who can feed them. Now I do a lot of work among young people. The young people of my nation are a hungry, desperate lot of young people. They'll sit under my feet and I'll teach them for one hour. And they said, have you finished one hour? I thought it's only 15 minutes. Now they want to know. They want to understand. They want to know something of God. Maybe the story in this part of the world is totally different. But for us, that hunger is real. But no matter how the symptoms are, the world is hungry. The world is thirsty. And Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And that is the bread that can bring life to the world today. We in the church, we have it. Because we have Christ in us. And when we can share Christ, then we believe that he can satisfy the desires of many, many people who show in different ways they are very thirsty and they are very hungry. Then Jesus Christ talks about strangers. He talks about nakedness. Today, there are thousands upon thousands of people who are real strangers on our planet. Let's call them a name. They are refugees. Right now in my country, to the northern part of my country, there are over one million southern Sudanese who have run into our country. They come to in our country empty-handed. You leave your house behind, you leave your property behind, all you can carry is what you want to run away with. All you need is your life intact, run away. They come empty-handed. They come very hungry. Most come naked and hopeless. Some of these people know. No, they will never have their home again. They're homeless. And not only that, they're also stateless. It's a sad story to be a refugee. Now, my country, Uganda, is one particular country in Eastern Africa with an open-door policy for people who run, run into the country. People in DRC Congo have come into our country. The Rwandese came into our country. 2007, the Kenyans came into our country. And now Sudanese are coming into our country. And we open our hearts, we open our hands to receive them. Because we knew what it is to run away to another country too because of our political turmoil. 
But refugees the world over are running, looking for where they can be safe. Strangers, they are coming to a place where they need to be received. But you also realize that Jesus himself was a refugee. He was a stranger in a strange land in Egypt when he was a little baby. He's very familiar with nakedness because on that cross he was crucified naked. Today in Africa there are countless refugees. In Europe, in Europe they have come. Many of them have died in the Mediterranean Sea trying to cross and come to a safe place. So many of them are in Europe, others are filtering over this side as well. And these refugees need arms that are open to receive them. In Asia, they are there. In America, President Trump is trying to build a wall between them and Mexico. Now those are economic refugees. They are looking for a better place, a better means of living. But Jesus Christ is aware. Even when he speaks about strangers, he himself is a stranger. He himself had nothing. Paul would summarize it and he says to us, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor for your sake, that out of his poverty we should be rich. So he's familiar with, with nakedness and with poverty. And that is why for us we take courage today that we have this savior who understands the, the confusion in a person's life. The question is, who will accept these strangers? Who will hold them close to their hearts and supply their needs? Who will be there as a brother or a sister for them? The church is. The church is. There are those who are naked and homeless. In our society, even here, I am sure, there are people who need somewhere dry where they can be in this wet culture of yours, in this well place of yours. There are people who need somewhere warm and they can be received and taken in as people. Let me tell you a story about a young Congolese girl and she will be called Rose. 2003, Rose escaped death very narrowly. She was in the town of Bonia. She was studying in a college. She was living with a family. And it was a tribal war between the Lendus and the Hema. She is a Mohema. And the Lendus were attacking the college. Got to this home and they, and they killed the people. Rose hid under, under a bed. But they got her there. They got her out. And with the machete, this young man was going to cut Rose. And so she screamed. She said, no, I'm not a Hema. I'm a Lendu. The young man said, I know you, you are a classmate, you are a hammer, but you are a good girl. So run to college, if I get you there, I'll kill you. Rose escaped, came across the border, came straight to our doorsteps in our home. Broken, empty-handed, traumatized, beautiful girl of 20, but without hope. She did not know where her parents were, she did not know what her future would be, in between time, her brother came looking for her in the same town of Bunya. They surrounded the boy, ran into a house. They threw petrol there, set it on fire, and the boy died. So Rose just had nowhere. And I remember moments when Rose would be so broken, and she's in tears in the middle of the night. My wife would go and cry through with Rose. She needed a shoulder to cry on. She needed arms to hold her. She needed somebody to just make her feel she's valuable. 
and we shifted to Kampala, we took Rose with us. We don't even know her parents. We don't. But this girl, we put her into school in Uganda Christian University. Very smart. She did four years of a degree course. She came top of her class. She went back when she was ready, got a husband, brought him, brought, brought him back to Kampala. She got her parents. They were all alive. Brought them for her graduation. I mean, this is a story of hope for people who are hopeless. And these stories are not new. These are stories that happen all over the place where people's hearts are open, Dick, like you and your dear wife and family, and you people of God here for fields of life. You do not know how much hope you are giving to so many young Ugandans who otherwise would have nowhere to go to school and no hope for tomorrow. And you are giving them this hope. And you are making the Lord Jesus Christ very happy. I was a stranger. You accepted me in. I was naked. You clothed me. Now this is the mission. This is the mission. Jesus also talks about the sick and those who are in prison. But you do remember when you look at Jesus' ministry on earth, Jesus met the sick who came to him. He never left them the same. By word and by touch, he healed and he healed and he touched. Eyes were open, ears were open, tongues were loosened, even the dead were raised from the dead. The lepers were cleansed, the lame were healed, the paralyzed were raised. He knew that the issue of sickness is an issue of the fall. And he came as the Savior. But on the other hand, I want to bless God for missionaries who came to my country. Because they came and built medical facilities. Their hospitals and health clinics, which are up to today, still helping countless people because people who knew and people who had the know-how and the money put these things to help alleviate the pain and the suffering of our people. And Jesus Christ would say, when I was sick, you attended to me. When I was in need, you comforted me. There are many prisoners of addiction. Many people who are addicted are imprisoned by drugs, by alcohol, by pleasure, by sexuality. They are in prison. I remember preaching on a radio one time in a town called Hoima, which is up north. Towards the middle is actually midwestern part of Uganda. I finished my sermon and I made an altar call. There was a drunkard, a perpetual addicted drunkard to alcohol. He listened to the message and he gave his life to Christ. Then he made his way with his wife to the bishop's home just about the time when we were also arriving at the bishop's home. When we came out of the car, there was a stranger and a woman was there and a man, the bishop got out and said, who are you? He said, I'm so and so. I heard the message. I need Christ. I said, kneel down. He knelt down. I led him to Jesus Christ. Stinking and stinking horrible. So the bishop said, tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, come to the cathedral because we have a, a service. Trust him. The Lord has already worked in his life. 7 o'clock, he was in a suit. And he was in the cathedral. Still smelling strong. <laughs> then the bishop gave him a chance to say something. He said to the congregation, I'm a police officer. Because of alcohol, I have been discontinued from my work. I was a wreck, 
hopeless, useless person. But last night, I had the Archbishop, and I gave my life to Jesus. And last night, I slept, and I want to walk with Jesus. Jesus sets us free. Hmm. Bondages are all over the world. But he who breaks the chains of addiction is the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a pastor friend who is in Kampala, he's a Nigerian who now has become a Ugandan. God asked him to close his business in Nigeria, come to Uganda, whom he had never come to, not even the city of Kampala. God showed, in, showed him in a vision the street in Kampala called Luwum Street. You will remember the late Archbishop Luwum, who was murdered by Amin. There is a street commemorating him. So he saw Luwum Street in his vision. So he packed up and he came with his family of three children, his wife and himself. And God said, start a church. He said, where do I start a church? God said, in your garage. Where are the people? God said, your family are the initial people. So he started the church. And for two months he told me nothing happened. Until one Sunday morning, a woman was walking past the road and saw this banner about a church in this particular gate. She knocked, she came in, and when she came into the garage, she told the, the man who now is a pastor, my daughter is locked up because she is on drugs and she's addicted. Can you please pray for her? The pastor asked her to bring the, the girl. The girl was brought. He prayed for the girl. The girl was instantly delivered because Jesus Christ liberates that from the imprisonment of addiction to drugs, this girl was released. And you know, this woman became the ambassador of this little church. Eleven years down the road, they now have 2,000 plus members of the church. From a very distant place of the suburb of the city, they have now come into the middle of Kampala city, and that's one church I go and minister in because God is at work to deliver people. And I do believe that's a mission that we can we can use because there are many prisoners. They want to be seen. My example and my experience also is when I go to prisons, in my own country we have a very big maximum prison, they are so ready to listen to the gospel. These people have been now quarantined in a given place. Now the, the question they ask about life is now true questions. And I find them very receptive to the, to, the, to the word of God, which means we have a ministry and we have a responsibility to those who are in prison in one reason or, or, or another. And so in most cases, they're waiting for our ministry. They're waiting for our ministry. I'm so happy that Alpha has also created materials for inmates. And people go to the prisons with Alpha for prisoners. Praise the Lord for that. I believe these are open doors for us to minister for the needs and the needs of people are very many. Beloved, when Jesus was on earth, he understood what hunger is because he was. He had hunger, he went through hunger when he was in the desert, 40 days fasted, he understands. He knows what thirst is. On that cross he cried, I thirst. He understands the hunger of human beings. He knows the thirst that is in, in us. He was a refugee. He was naked. He understands 
where we are helpless and we cannot help ourselves. But you will know that he released the captives by the power of his word. He dealt with sicknesses by the power of his word. And today, he's calling us to do the same. I am doing it in my own country. I stand as a voice in my country to places where people are conflicting and I'm taking the peace of Christ there. He said, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. I go to places where people are struggling and I bring Christ because that is our gospel. That is our message. That's the message of the church. Today, people are looking out to somebody. And thank you again, Jan, you said, it's not the mighty, it's not the important, it's not the educated perhaps, not the most important people that God uses. God can use the nobody as well. God can use the insignificant as well. God is in the business of using anybody who would be willing to partner with him to do the work he's, he's doing in our world today. This is mission. It is his mission and it is our mission as well. Perhaps we want to ask him tonight, Lord, open our eyes. Where are the opportunities around us? You probably don't need to come to Uganda. You probably have a lot of needs around you. Lord, open my eyes. Help me to see. Help me to understand. Let me finish with this testimony. Eight years ago, I met a little girl, a street kid girl in a home. Street kid girl who had been taken by a very compassionate lady who has gathered around herself. Now 5,000 street kids. They pass through school with her help. The little girl was so shy and closed in and she stood right at the back there as the kids were singing. The Holy Spirit said to me, look at that girl and pick that girl. I brought that girl home for my wife to see. When she saw the girl, she loved the girl. She's from a Muslim family, lost both parents to HIV AIDS, and she was lost. For eight years, we fostered the girl. And last year, we adopted the girl. Her name is Gift, because she came to us as a gift. As Harold and Liz will tell you, 1983, we lost our three-year-old daughter in Nottingham and buried her there. And so we were one person less in our family. God brought us gift eight years ago. Gift who came to us could not even talk. She was so shy, she cannot look you in the face. But over the years, love opened the girl up like the sun raised open flowers. The girl began to open up. You cannot stop her talking now. <laughs> she's found a home, she's found parents, she is secure, she's in high school now, about to go to the university, one who did not have hope. Now Jesus has given her hope. What a moving testimony I hear in this church. What a wonderful demonstration of the love of God that I hear in your voices towards our people in Uganda and elsewhere. To God be the glory. May his name be lifted up as we go on this mission to honor the Lord and to magnify him because we are now the ambassadors to the great 
our God and his mission. Let me pray. Father, I want to honor your name. You have proved yourself true in every way for me, particularly tonight. You have shown to me that you are the God of mysteries and you work in an amazing manner. Father, thank you for this congregation, for the people of this church and elsewhere, for their openness to minister to the needs of people. We can preach the gospel verbally, but the gospel was preached by you in words and in action. And Lord, I thank you that there are so many hungry people that we encounter on a daily basis. There are so many thirsty people that we meet, but open our eyes to see their hunger and their thirst. There are also strangers that come alongside in our lives wherever we are. And there are those who are naked. There are those who are sick. There are those who are in prison. Lord Jesus, you said, you did it to the least of this, my brethren. You did it to me. You suffer with them. You weep with them. You walk with them. You are in the cold together with them. You are naked with them. And Lord, may your Holy Spirit pour compassion in our hearts. That we may be willing to be your arms, your eyes, your feet. That our, our touch will bring comfort and healing. That our eyes full of love will bring assurance to those who are hopeless and lost. Father, help us, because in our strength, we cannot do it. Mm. And I thank you for being the God who loves your church. Mm. I thank you for your people, Lord. Mm. I feel so encouraged to know they are partnering with us to carry the burdens of our nation. There are many other places in the world that need your people. Raise your people, Lord. Mm. Convict your people, Lord. Encourage your people, Lord. And send your people, Lord that they may be servants to the, to the needs of your people in this world. Thank you. And I say thank you again. May you now be honored in our midst and in our individual lives. And may you help us to say yes to you. So that what you want done can be done even by us. So that we can say welcome. You for him, the kingdom of God has been prepared since the foundation of creation enter into the joy of your master. I say yes to that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.